0: The thing about moving after a dozen years and living in the same place is that you discover all the things you've forgotten for most of that 12 years. You're poking and prodding into every, every little nook and cranny. You're, you're, you're unboxing things that you'd forgotten you even had. Maybe this is just me. Maybe that's because while I feel like I've been moving out forever, actually, it's been almost three weeks, uh, two solid weeks, and then one week kind of uh, only half or three quarters of the week I was involved. Um, I really have been moving in in my old place for 12 years. I uh, moved into that place as an upgrade from where I had been living. Um, shared accommodation, same as I have now. Uh, well, now is even more shared. And I've been living in a fairly small place, and I had already accumulated a fair amount of stuff. I think what I remember is that I had a 35-foot truck, which is probably not true. It was probably like a 15-foot truck or something, and it was full to the gills, absolutely stuffed, and there were stuff that I just said, I don't need this. The the irony is, of course, I wasn't moving that far. I was moving about two blocks away, I think. Um, So I I could have easily come back, but by the time I had filled the vehicle, I didn't want to. (laughs) I was done. And I swore at that point that I was... I was either never going to move again, which I knew wasn't really true, but, um, or I would pay someone to move me, which I didn't <laughs> because the, the moving, uh, industry has a very bad reputation and I don't know if it's all deserved, probably isn't mostly deserved, but nonetheless, it's there. And the reputation in recent months has been further, uh, aggravated by, Um, Some very high-profile stories, Um, the CBC's, uh, I forget which which program it was, but they had been doing investigative journalism after some people had complained, and one of the stories that I remember very vividly was of of a family who had had everything they owned packed up into trucks, and then they were presented with a higher bill and asked to pay right away. Uh, higher bill than they have been quoted by quite significant amount of money, like three thousand dollars more. I mean, what was probably a thousand dollar move, like that was the the bill they were quoted. And when they said this is not what we were promised, the folks said, "Well, we have all your stuff on a truck, and we won't unload it until you pay." And sure enough, um, they not only drove off with the stuff, they ended up putting it in a in a in a uh, storage unit essentially um, so they could keep using the truck and that was not the only incident that happened like that so I was wary and I even did a little reddit uh, question about hey anybody use a local moving company and some of them were pretty reputable and and some had really good things to say about some of the local moving companies and I don't want to disparage any of the ones that are actually here That incident occurred either in Montreal or Toronto, something like that. And I don't want to paint anybody locally with the same brush. But nonetheless, I looked at the price and said, well, you know what? Maybe I'll hold off because money is tight. Money is always tight. And there's enough considerations in this new move to go, okay. Okay, wait. (laughs) So I'm doing the move myself. And that's not entirely true. Most of the move I've done myself, but I, there was one day where I had a truck. Otherwise I'm moving in a, in a RAV4. And if you know what a RAV4 is, it's an SUV. It has a significant amount of storage space in the back, but still on average during the two weeks, uh, so far, I have made between two and four trips uh, of the full R- a RAV4. On the day we had the truck, we could only really move the things that couldn't fit in my RAV4 because everything that had been packed already, I had already moved. (laughs) And so everything after that has been all those little corners you look into and realize, oh crap, I still have this thing, I still have that. Things I had forgotten about include a TI-99, still in the box, used, but I had not actually had a chance to do anything with it, and it got buried among all my stuff. A Commodore PET with a dual disk drive. Not something I had not been aware of. It was something I had acquired many years ago, but it sat in a back closet somewhere. This, Both of those have now moved to my storage unit, my heavily packed, overfilled storage unit. And one of the reasons it's difficult, and, and I face this particularly today, was that during these 12 years that I've lived there, um, first of all, it, I've, I've learned a lot about myself, uh, my organizing style, my, the things I want to have around me, and I had been very steadily trying to reduce the things around me to just what I needed. And so many things went into storage, they went into boxes, they went away, I had enough closet space and shelf space to just do that. And there's also been rise and fall of a few of the hobbies that I've had, um, some of which I really want to get back to, others of which I may have to leave at the, at the side, especially because I don't really have the space to, to spread out any kind of hobby work here in the new place. But one of the events that happened during those 12 years was the passing of my mother. And single parent, only child, You form a pretty close relationship. Um, We were friends as well as parent and child, especially as I matured. Although, honestly, whenever I was around her, I probably still reverted back to some of the childhood uh, patterns for better and for worse. But I kept finding all these reminders of her and the time um, when she passed. Uh, And one of them, which I knew was going to end... At some point, and I had been kind of thinking about it for a while, but every time I thought about it, I, I had the luxury of putting it off, the the casual uh, decision to not face that. But one of the things my mother was uh, very good at, I don't even know she was necessarily good at, but it was something that I remember from childhood and something that she had just gotten back into doing, that's canning vegetables and different things. And after she passed, I found in the cabinet all of these vegetables she had canned that summer, I think. They were all fairly fresh. And I grew up, I don't want to say poor. People say that and they don't mean it and and I do mean it, but it wasn't that I felt deprived, it was just that we didn't have a lot of means. And what that translated into that I'm very proud of is a dedication to try to use everything you can be as practical as possible. Uh, And that included things like, you know, the, the bread's gone moldy, take that chunk of mold off your, the rest of the bread is fine. You know, that's not always the case. And I'm a little bit more skeeved out by mold these days and bread in particular, I think just goes moldy so much faster. I don't know what the difficulty is there. Um, but you knew kind of to use everything. You practically, you know, you kept everything. Everything could be a resource later on. It could be secondary usage. And this translated because uh, in many ways into, into the habit of keeping things. And there were two instances. One I faced a few days ago in the storage unit and one I faced today. The one in the storage unit was when I finally took that Commodore PET and the uh, TI-99 to the storage unit, I realized I have an old scanner and printer I'm never going to use again. In fact, I think they were hers. So I I pulled them off the shelf to replace them with these things, and I'm going to take that to the electronics recycler. But there was a box. My mother was a traveling nurse, and um, she would move in in ways uh, almost through the postal system. (laughs) <laughs> because she would send back boxes to me of stuff that she wanted to keep. And all I needed to do was receive the package. They weren't for me. They were for me to transfer into the house. And there were many of those. And I found one of those in the storage units. I was digging around going, what are all these things? Because I haven't had to face that for a while. And I found a box that was unopened. And... It was an odd feeling. There was a sort of mixture of the potential joy of discovery. Maybe there's something really cool in here. There was the sadness that I had never opened it so far. There was the knowledge, of course, that she never opened it. And she never opened a lot of the stuff that she sent back home. She would put things, she would buy uh, tubs and put the things in the tubs and that you would drive back home and drop them into the basement and then go again. So when I cleaned out the house, there were a lot of these things lying around. So I opened up this box. It's weird feeling because I knew it wasn't directly for me. Uh, there were a couple. The, the box was labeled with uh, bu- clothes and books. I think was the name was on the, on the label. These were things that... Um, when you sent back things through from the United States to Canada, you had to declare it for duty purposes. But things like clothes and books didn't typically have much duty. There were two shirts inside. There was the bulk of the box was filled with a a hand crank pasta maker. <laughs> so I took that out. I'm I'm I think I'm going to try to use that. Um again. the the mentality that everything can be used. And then the rest of it that was in the box was something that it was something that that I reflect on as that subconscious transmission of information. That subconscious learning you do from a child uh, or to a child from a parent. My my habits are very much in line with what hers were in some sometimes, so what the rest of the box was filled with were flyers and guides and pamphlets and handouts and programs, and all these things that represented the different places she'd gone. There was a zoo, there was a um the grand opening of something, some theatre here, some music there. All these things that she had gone, I think in Florida at the time. And I do the exact same thing. Every play I go to, every concert, if I can, every convention, I come back with a whole lot of memories in paper form. And they go into a pile. I'm not so organized, uh, about what I do with them, and that is a problem. And as you can imagine, over twelve years, I've accumulated a number of these things. And I was finally this year determined, like, no, I'm I'm going to organize them finally. Which I'm I'm not sure if it's really going to happen, given all the disruption. But we'll see. But it was the fact that she and I both did that. That was a moment that kind of sent shivers. It was a moment of. So many mixed emotions, but most of them very positive. And uh, the thing that happened today, as I mentioned, my mother liked to, to can things, and I had taken those things from the house. And today was the day I had to face that closet, pantry essentially, where I had kept all of those bottles. Way beyond any edible dates, I knew that was the case. I had had some of them, and I had enjoyed them at the time, shortly after my mother passed. There were some canned beets, which were delightful. There were a number of other things that didn't quite survive, but there were so many wonderful tastes. And it was a taste of my childhood, too, because that's what you do when you're you're relatively poor. You might buy in bulk. Maybe beets are on sale, so you buy a whole lot of them, and then you can them, and then you have beets all winter long, and they taste great. But these bottles were done. And they were joined by dozens of others of empty bottles, because everything is a secondary resource. Everything that you buy is a gift. It's not just that you're buying the jam, you're buying the bottle too. And that Jam bottle might be the perfect bottle for you to make your own jam with, or or it might be the thing you collect pins in, or it might be the thing you use to capture motor oil. Not that I've ever done anything with motor oil, but still. The idea is that this can always be used for something again. And so I had dozens of bottles all cleaned, scraped as much as I could of the labels. But honestly, that's never been something I've been strong at. I don't soak them enough. I don't have any goo gone or any of the other um, things that are used for that. (sighs) They carefully bagged all of these up in small bundles because... I didn't want to have to carry big bundles of bottles and I felt like this would be increasing this this doing it this way would decrease the risk of them breaking in large bundles. And I took them all to the trash bin and emptied out that entire cabinet with mixed feelings. Great memories. Sad longings to see someone again. And a reflection on this good-bad habit. <laughs> or this bad-good habit, depending on how you look at it. And how I have to change in this new place. Because that had been 12 years of accumulation of bottles, of different things. Now, I'd thrown out some from time to time. And some of them weren't suitable. And some of them just couldn't get clean and so forth. It's not like I had kept everything. But... They weren't being recycled. There wasn't really a, a non-refund recycling glass thing here. That's something they're claiming they might be able to do. But they don't have it yet. I had not successfully reused all those bottles. So it didn't really matter that I kept them. I still keep a few bottles from time to time. And I still will. Because I do reuse bottles on occasion. A nice sauce bottle might become a, a fantastic way to you know mix something in the future making a a vinaigrette or something. I could buy a special bottle just for that, but what would be the point of that when I have all these free gifts, all these accessories to the things I've bought? But it does mean I have to change because I don't have a place to store those anymore. It does mean that I get to be a little bit more ruthless or just find other ways to recycle these things. But that's... That's how my move has been going so far. I felt good last time, but I've been feeling worse ever since because, honestly, it's been a lot of work. And I still have a little bit more to go, but mostly it is about cleaning now. Ironically enough, I haven't moved my food. Or not most of it, anyway. I just... I haven't cooked in the new place yet. I've been living here for about... um Five days, four days, well, yeah, um, it'll be fifth night tonight. I've been moving stuff around, so not only am I moving stuff back and forth, but I'm also trying to carve out space. Clearly, I've carved out at least part of my office now that I can actually record this. Um, but everything is in flux. I had learned a lot about how to live in the last apartment, how I need to live, what I need to do. And I don't know that yet for this place. And it's going to be a long journey. But it's always good to have that change from time to time. To remind you of what you've lost. To move on from things that you can no longer keep. And to decide that change needs to happen. So, on balance, I think it's a positive I've been wandering out loud. I am Mark the Encaffeinated One. I am, (laughs) I've been off work for two weeks, well, almost the better part of three weeks to try to get this move done. Uh, Actually, it's, yeah, three weeks today. Uh, And I have to go back to work next week. I really do. I really want to, uh, but even that's going to be different because I'm going to be walking from where I am now. And it's a much better walk than where I was. So, I got to figure out my morning routines. I got to figure out everything. I don't know whether I'll be back to to this every night, but it does feel good to get back to it. Probably won't be as long. I hope they're not as long. I apologize this one's gotten long. Well, I can definitively say that most likely, I'll talk to you again tomorrow.